0: As an entrepreneur, you understand the importance of protecting your business. After all, you've worked so hard to build it. As a proud partner of Startup Canada, TrueShield Insurance understands the startup community's culture and that the insurance needs of every startup are as unique as the brilliant entrepreneurs behind them. Protect your startup with insurance starting from $29 per month. Visit TrueShield.ca today. Underwritten by Northbridge General Insurance Corporation.
1: Welcome to Startup Newsweek, your source for news affecting entrepreneurs in Canada. My name is Cyprian Shalankiewicz and today is August second, two 2016. In the news this week, Startup Canada announced today it is inviting women entrepreneurs to apply for the Startup Canada Women Founders Fund, powered by Evelocity Financial Group. The fund aims to alleviate some of the financial barriers women face when starting up and scaling. Funds can be leveraged to support operations and access to growth opportunities, including trade missions and skill development. Visit startupcanada.ca forward slash women founders fund to apply and for more information. The Brookfield Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship at Ryerson University reports that the Canadian tech sector is responsible for $117 billion of Canada's economic output. At 7.1% in 2015, this was greater than that of the finance and insurance industries combined. The report also highlights that the tech industry is the largest private sector investor in research and development. 18-year-old Sean McClellan, founder of uCollab, received a $35,000 investment at the International Startup. Festival's main pitch competition last month. Ucollab connects YouTube content creators with each other to increase audience size through collaboration opportunities. McClellan told the Ottawa Business Journal that this recognition from top investors will help build his company's credibility and also expects it to open doors for business growth. The Government of Ontario and the Government of Canada have committed a combined $189 million to revamp the University of Toronto's research lab infrastructure. This is one out of 546 labs to be renovated in Canada through the Post-Secondary Institutions Strategic Investment Fund, an initiative that dedicates $2 billion to infrastructure projects in post-secondary institutions. A Profit Magazine survey reports Grand Prairie, Alberta, Edmonton, Saskatoon and Saskatchewan are the top three places in Canada for businesses. Grand Prairie topped the list for its diverse economy and supportive business community. And today, Startup Canada announced the official launch of the Canadian Entrepreneurship Institute, a community of government officials, entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem experts. Through ongoing lectures, events, and roundtables, CEI will help to create the best environment possible for entrepreneurial businesses. Lectures start August 25th with our first guest speaker Janice McDonald, president of The Beacon Agency who will discuss the need for better tools to measure how women entrepreneurs make risk-based decisions. Visit startupgov.ca to learn more.
0: One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today.
1: A real entrepreneur with a gourmet burger business, serving up real questions with a dash of reality. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. And now broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Rivers Corbett. Hello, everyone,
2: and welcome back season two of the Startup Canada podcast show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network, uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. Here on the show is where we fill you in on trends and opportunities and possibilities for your next step as an entrepreneur and where we have conversations about advancing entrepreneurial growth and success in Canada. Today's episode is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in building a financially fit and fundable business. Get 50% off, that's right, 50% off QuickBooks online today by visiting Intuit.com. QuickBooks.ca forward slash Start Right. Do any of our new listeners remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast in the iTunes Store? Then visit StartupCan.ca to join the network to connect, to support, mentors, training, funding, space, and to your local startup community. Well, welcome to the show. Wow, I've got Camille McGinnis here today. She's the lead marketer in Toronto for Processing and Business Solutions Provider Square and one of Canada's leading experts in building startup communities. And in this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into startup communities and how to tangibly build startup communities from the ground up. And as an avid startup community developer, Camille is the former leader of Startup Calgary and a past facilitator for the Startup Weekend. She's been integral to the development of Calgary's startups, startups community and was awarded winner status for Best Community of the Year at the 2015 Startup Canada Awards. She currently leads Startup... Canada's Eastern Community Network and has been instrumental to the development of the program. Camille, it's so great to have you
0: on the show. Perfect. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here, Rivers.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, finally, I have met my nemesis because I uh, was the lead of Startup Fredericton, which came runner-up to you guys in (laughs) 2015. It was like, oh man, we came so close. But you so deserved it. I've always been an admirer what Startup Calgary has done and uh, really congratulations D- uh, 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 an award well deserved absolutely
0: thank you thank you it wasn't just me though
2: <laughs> oh I know that and it's uh, <laughs> its true about team and being a true entrepreneur you recognize that but you've been quoted as saying I truly believe I'm sorry I truly feel that building a strong community comes from solid teamwork which you just referenced that so can you kind of talk about that you know what is a what is a startup community and, and what's the what? why does it even freaking matter to build something like this
0: <laughs> yeah so for me like a, a startup community is really like a grassroots grassroots group of people organizations and that can be academic government not-for-profit and companies who've come together um, to ha- and have the common goal to help entrepreneurs start and grow businesses in their regional locations in their communities. Um, And they do this by providing like valuable resources and connections um, that entrepreneurs actually need. So what that breaks down to and like why it's so valuable, why does it matter, is I mean, we've all heard the stats for entrepreneurs, whether it's high tech or whether it's a coffee shop. Um, most of these businesses don't don't make it past their first year, year and they fail, and I think in part that's because a lot of people are trying things for the first time, and to be successful at anything, it's really. It, what makes you successful is the experience you've had and the feelings and the learnings from that. And a lot of people don't have anything to reference uh. um, when starting something new. So to provide that community and that support um, is really important so they can learn from others who do have those experiences. And so it helps them be more successful in the long run.
2: Yeah, very cool. Well, when I asked the question, it was a stupid question on my part because I know the value <laughs> oh, start of startup <laughs> But you know, it's I always I always regard it as finally we have a clubhouse mm-hmm. where, where our own people get to hang out exactly. and, uh, and provide them with a course it's not more than just a social connection, but it's very much a professional connection. And and as you yeah. know, Brad Feld, he's the author of the book Startup Communities, he's got four yeah. rules for startup communities. Can you can you walk us through his methodology and you know what what does that meant on the ground for the startup Calgary and and other communities that you're connecting with and influencing?
0: Yeah, for sure. So his four rules um, at at a very high level needs to be grassroots. So grassroots entrepreneur run. And at the heart of every startup community, your number one customer is always going to be the entrepreneur. And who better to know what the needs are of the entrepreneurs than entrepreneurs themselves. Obviously, they have to be very involved, both at an actionable level, but at a high level to help um, help communities build out their strategy and their products and services, if you will. Um, Second rule is it needs to be long-term. Things aren't built overnight. This could take you know upwards of 20 years to get uh-huh. it to where it needs to be. And so you look at other communities who've been very successful at this, of course, San Francisco, but in Canada, Waterloo, Kitchener-Waterloo. And that hasn't happened overnight. It's taken a long time. And I think the reason it takes such a long time is because when you first start, you have to build it into the culture this, this idea of startup communities and helping entrepreneurs. And, uh, again, for example, what Kitchener and Waterloo did really well is they backed all of their entrepreneurs. So, uh, they would frequent local establishments versus big box stores. Um, they built it into every facet of their culture, uh, government, academia and now have become a model for other communities in Canada. Um, The third rule is inclusivity or being inclusive that everyone should be allowed in. Um, I think on a tactical level, I don't actually think that this is 100% accurate. I think that there are, caveats to this or exceptions to this. I think that you want people who have the mindset of inclusivity ingrained into them and who believe in that. And if you have people who inherently are not inclusive or prejudiced in any way, they might not be the right people to have running a community. Definitely let them in and see if you can help change that perspective. But, But I don't think that that's it's a hundred percent accurate.
2: Well, I wanted to just stop you there for a sec because I there's a I was talking to uh, the startup Winnipeg folks a couple of days ago, and we were talking mm-hmm. about that you know how to pick that volunteer board. And I love this point is that you know the old way of gathering volunteers is oh that's great Camille said she'd help mm-hmm. let's bring her on board. Nothing to do with DNA doesn't nothing to do with ability, nothing to do with passion or anything like that. It's just bring them. In and but this startup community model is very well. It's it's selective but it's inclusive, and so yeah. I think that's very cool. That point you're bringing up,
0: and it's it's something that we struggled with, and and was a big learning for me too when I was building out Startup Calgary. We brought it from you know five ten volunteers to upwards of forty, and that was exactly what we did at the beginning, and it didn't work for us. It wasn't a sustainable model uh, for attracting and retaining volunteers. So that was a learning process for us, but, you know, eventually we got it to where I think it's, it's pretty solid now. So.
2: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So that's three. What was the fourth um, one?
0: Fourth one events and activities. So what are you doing in the community? Um, what's happening? And, uh, fundamentally what brad says is you know with some events it's okay to let them die and i fully believe this i think that it's important that um, the events or the activities that you're performing in your community provide value i'm going to talk a lot about that i'm sure Mm -hmm. um but at some point they don't anymore so they either need to change or you have to let them go and it's okay to let them go and there's a couple different ways you can do that by by giving it to a partner um Who can take it on and who can do it better or just by completely axing it. And um, I think a lot of communities, when they initially start and they think, wow, we're doing so much. And Startup Calgary was also very much... subject to this, but we're doing a lot of stuff and it's great. There's so much happening, but how much value is being provided? So you need to uh. really constantly assess what you're doing and trim trim the stuff that's not necessary, that's not providing any kind of impact.
2: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very Like running a business, right?
0: Completely, completely. Mm-hmm. Building a startup community is very similar to running a business and it should be treated as such, like you said, with volunteers and you don't, in a business, you wouldn't just say, oh yeah, come one, come all. I'm going to hire you all. No, you're looking for people with specific skills and attitudes to really build out and add value to your company. And it's the same with communities.
2: Right on. Well, I love that. And uh, it really proves the uh, the elements of success that made Startup Calgary uh, so successful in getting started. And we're going to talk a little bit about that more as in the conversation. But I just want to segue a bit and talk about Camille McGinnis, because obviously your DNA is about entrepreneurship and community building. Mm-hmm. What got you to that point? or points when, you know, I guess what started you down that journey where you uh, said, nah, this is so cool. I want to hang out in this space.
0: Yeah. So I, uh, in Calgary, I think everyone in Canada knows Calgary is a very oil and gas driven um, community there. Um, that's what business kind of centers around. And that's where I first got my start. And I was really lucky. Um, the first job I got out of university, I was working on a very high performing team um, that was really all about changing the behaviors and the culture of performance within this oil and gas company globally. So I really got to learn a lot from them. They were very different from what I I had always imagined an oil and gas company to be. And it was just amazing to work with those people. Um, My VP and my boss spent a lot of time coaching me. And so I was really fortunate. And then after my contract was up there, I went to another company and it was everything I thought oil and gas would be before I had had that previous job. Mm -hmm. And it was the worst.
3: (laughs) So bad. And
0: I got to this point where worse
2: in the sense of boring or just,
0: I just felt, you know, I wasn't, I could, I had so much more to offer. I could do so much more. I wasn't being utilized to my full potential. You know, uh, there had to be more, like there has to be more in life um, than just working a job. And one of my friends, um, he had this idea in hindsight. Now it wasn't a great idea, but had this idea and we started talking about it and we're like, okay, well, we're sick of Of just talking about what can be done. Like, how do we do, how do we do something? And he got this tweet about a startup weekend. And he said to me like, Camille, this is it. Like, this is where we should go. Let's just do this. And and I was like, yeah, I'm in. So yeah, startup weekend happened and it was amazing. You're just surrounded by like-minded people who just want to do something. Yeah. And even if it goes nowhere, even even if your idea doesn't become a business, it, it's okay because you're building your network. You're meeting people in this space. And I got so energized by it. And after the Startup Weekend all I could remember thinking was, Oh my God, what's next? What, how do I do more of this? Nice. And um, what ended up happening was from the connections that I made at that startup weekend, I started to hang out with more of those people started to go to more meetups within Calgary, um, seeing familiar faces and building relationships with these people. And so And eventually finding um, another job at Innovate Calgary, which is um, another not-for-profit helping entrepreneurs in Calgary. And um, it just so happened that they were in the process of partnering with Startup Calgary. Um, And and the partnership was that I would kind of sit over both and help bring those organizations together, Startup Calgary being very grassroots um, and Innovate Calgary being very focused on um, commercialization, so very connected with the university. And so kind of bringing these two entities together in a way. Mm. And uh, one of the board members at Startup Calgary said, great, so you're going to have this person come in. We want it to be Camille. And that's how it started.
2: Oh, wow. What a great journey. And you're still happy you're here hanging out with us? I love it. <laughs> nice. Well, look, you uh, you do love it. And your community won Best Community of the Year. Again, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it really is great. But look, uh, here's what I want to know. I want to know, you know, what are Camille's uh, tricks? What's up, What are the tricks up your sleeve that you, you do or did in Calgary and the other communities that you're connecting with that go beyond the bread, filled model, and go beyond, you know, the, the 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 templates that Startup Canada gives us. Is there anything that I like? I always say you you win the game when you zag when everybody else zigs. Yeah. So what's your zag that you do?
0: The zag it, and. Again, with the, it's exactly the same as what a business should be doing, but you need to understand who your customers are. So uh-huh. you need to go in and look at the community. And you're, generally speaking, customers are entrepreneurs, but that's not the only customer you have in a startup community. Those are the ones who are driving your, activ- your activities, um, but understanding what they need. So go out and talk to entrepreneurs, figure out what it is that they need to help them get the success that they're looking for. And, and then from that, you find out what's already being offered, why it's good, why it's not good. And you find the gaps in, in that community. And it's going to be different for every single community, but those gaps are where you zag. That's where you can really get a foothold and start providing that value. And you need to bring energy to it you need Uh, to bring passion to it you want other people to buy into what you're doing so uh, when you talk to people figure out what the gaps are don't just let it let it go act on it then Um, you don't necessarily have to do a lot up front you can test one or two things and see how it goes and and figure out what was good what wasn't and and then tweak it and do it again Um, and then let if if it's not working, do something else, figure out what's
2: next. You got to pivot. That's what it's about. Absolutely.
0: Try, try something new, try something until something sticks and then work with that and run with it.
2: Well, as you can tell, uh, folks that are listening to this great podcast, uh, I think I know what one of her zags is, and it isn't the information she just gave us, it's the emotion that comes with the information she just gave it. And I love that little nugget. It isn't just, I mean, think about you know, think about stories when you were a kid. If uh, it was all monotone, even though the story was great, nobody would actually be intrigued with the story nor its vision. So what you're saying there to tie into that gap and be enthusiastic about about addressing that need or solving that problem and and people will naturally gravitate towards uh, following it. So I love that word. Look, um, uh, I wanted you to also please, Camille, and and uh, you've got the script in front of you so you can kind of see how the questions are going here, but you're already, you're overlapping some of the questions, which is great. So uh, I want to skip on to this one now. We talked about those initial first steps when it comes to starting your, your community, but can you can you walk us through yeah the, the the process of your plan for a new community and we did just mm-hmm. talk about the gaps so yeah. let's let's kind of let's kind of not talk about that again let's talk about the the next steps after that needs analysis and that validation is complete
0: right right so you're not just talking to entrepreneurs you're talking to everybody in the community and I think that's important as well you're talking to people who attend events you're talking to people who don't attend events anymore you're talking to investors you're talking to sponsors volunteers partners. You need to understand what all of them need. And from that, you then identify trends. Um, so, for example, with Calgary, what we found was there wasn't enough of a spotlight on the startup community in Calgary at a local level and at a national level. Um, too many events, not all valuable. So, really evaluating what could be cut um, and... and this is like all part of the process of building out a strategic plan. So there weren't enough resources, too much happening, not enough people involved. Uh, The volunteers that we did have didn't have a strong sense of direction or um, feeling of involvement. And, and generally speaking across the board, whether it's with the not for profits um, or the entrepreneurs themselves, there wasn't enough funding happening. Mm. Um, So from that, And like I said, you start to see what the trends are and what people are bringing up over and over, and people across a different cross section of segments. And that's how you help develop that strategy by prioritizing what's coming up the most frequently. What are the biggest barriers? And so, funding, I think this is something that comes up across all startup communities. Um, There's not enough funding happening. So, how do you then look at what you're doing? And say, okay, well, we're not getting enough investors in. Um, we're not creating enough opportunities for people to meet investors um, or be put in front of them in a way where they can pitch them um, or get the coaching that they need so they're even ready to pitch them. Um, and, and then we looked also at what can we implement quickly as quick wins and what's going to take a longer time to build out? What kind of resources do you need to build that out? So for us, we really wanted to build out um, a communication strategy to highlight the successes and the wins of the community, but we didn't really have um, a lot of people on board who had that kind of had the connections with media or had like communication strategy know-how. So it was then back to, okay, well then we need to find these people, these volunteers who are willing to give up their time. Well, how do we attract them? So it's really understanding what comes first in the process to build out a sustainable model but also to get the resources you need to achieve those long-term goals mm. um so that's really how that all came about
2: and how, what was the sorry I'm, I'm i'm listening to you a lot of good information was it did you mention a timeline between you started when you were actually ready to you know play mm-hmm. the game
0: yeah yeah so we we went in um with the mindset of like, we can continue status quo for now, but over the course of three months, what can we do as a quick win that will help us with some of these things? Over six months, what do we need to do and what do we need to have achieved to set us up for that year marker and potentially a two-year marker? So we definitely dissected it all and, and prioritized it based on what needed to happen to get to the end time, but what do we need to do now? What's the most important thing now? Because I think that big picture, it's great to think of what you want it to look like, but you need to know the steps to get there. Right and on. so it's very important to look at short short timelines as well
2: so in, in that momentum is obviously a, a key factor here to uh, to get things going mm-hmm. are, are there are there any uh, activities uh, programs that you can share with the audience that uh, again the golden nugget uh, mm-hmm. uh, that said this really worked for calgary understanding we're mm-hmm. talking about the calgary landscape here yeah but these are things that just made us get traction that we really uh, were happy be with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, uh, launch party. So we uh-huh. did an annual launch party. And when Startup Calgary first began back in 2011, um, what was happening is a lot of the entrepreneurs were going to Vancouver for tech conventions, conferences to San Francisco, and they were running into each other there and that's how they were meeting each other they weren't meeting each other in their local communities how ridiculous is that right
2: yeah so obvious right so
0: they were like why don't we know each other how is this a thing yeah so they banded together to provide just a peer-to-peer peer support network almost so that they would have other people going through the struggles they were going through in calgary and kind of the culmination of all of that to bring everyone together and say yeah no there are entrepreneurs here we're here so let's get together let's celebrate what we have done and that's how launch party started and from where it started i think it was like maybe 50 or 100 people like it was pretty small Mm. to being um you know a 500 plus event person event bringing together everyone in the tech and startup community in Calgary, where we would celebrate new startups on the scene, um, celebrate people who were doing amazing things in the community to help support. And, and I think that that was really important because some Uh. of these people wouldn't see each other except at launch party. So some of these connections weren't being made except for once a year. Um, And that was really nice for everyone to just see, no, there is a community here. It exists. How do we make it better? Um, So that was probably one of the biggest things I would Mm -hmm. say. um, Having champions. So great example. One of our board members, Lloyd Lobo, just amazing an amazing guy, very well connected. And he was a, big champion. He did a lot in the background, didn't get a lot of acknowledgement for what he was doing, but he was, he was connecting us with partners, sponsors, um, you know, getting people from outside of Calgary, invested in what was happening in Calgary. And so having people both internal to your community and external who understand what you're trying to do and who can connect you with other resources when building a community are so important um, to the long-term success. And um, he also came up with startup of the week. So he approached uh, the Calgary Herald and said, you know, in the business section, you're not really focusing on the small entrepreneur or, you know, successes outside of oil and gas. And they said, Yeah, we don't have anyone to write about it. And he said, I'll do it. And so he took on writing Startup of the Week once a week nice. uh, just to get that. That visibility to the rest of Calgary out there.
2: Well one of the things and then we're going to get on to other questions that I really appreciate when you talk about those momentum things a lot of them were event focused as you mentioned Mm -hmm. before bringing people together creating that dialogue but also celebration and I think Mm -hmm. that's uh, really important with your startup uh, uh, column Um, just uh, a little bit of a more focus on that because I think this is important for people that want to build uh, startup communities and particularly might want to take advantage of that idea. What are some of the, give me the the top two criteria to be startup of the week in the column.
0: In, in the column. Yeah. Um, so startup, you, you have to have some kind of a business, obviously. So mm-hmm. some kind of a web presence. Um, startup of the Week specifically was more tech focused. So mm-hmm. there had to be something that was interesting or innovative in the model, whether it be the product or the service or the delivery of it. Um, really? So, I mean, it sounds crazy to say you had to be a business, but we did have people apply who had <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Um, so...
1: Yeah. Well,
2: as as you've come to know in this uh, in, in this environment, nothing's crazy. <laughs> <It's>, no. <laughs> that's what we are, right? Is crazy in itself. Well, look, let's uh, let's talk about strategy and best practices, and uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna meld in your startup Canada experiences with your startup uh, sorry startup Calgary and your startup Canada uh, experiences. Um, you know what uh, what what are you finding is is the, the dialogue, the consistent theme amongst communities across uh, across Canada right now?
0: Mm-hmm. So I think the, the biggest theme that we're having especially with new communities um, mm-hmm. who are just starting up are um, that there are other existing organizations who are running and operating events, programs, um, services within their face. and actually breaking into that community can be difficult because oftentimes a new startup community is seen as a competitor, right? Um, so it's navigating the political landscape uh-huh. of the community that is probably the biggest challenge for most of the startup communities. Wow. Um, and and second to that would be really understanding what their place is within that. So again, the zags or the gaps. Yeah. Understanding their customers, and some people yeah. don't always have a clear understanding of of who who their customers are and what they really need. Yeah. Um, so it's really helping the communities understand that this is how you go about finding out those things. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, well- Oops, sorry. sorry, I was going to say with the older with the older communities, it's stagnation. How do we change? How do we yeah. stay relevant? So
2: yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, I'm I'm one of the older ones, and uh, and I found that one of the ways that we became um, relevant as to morph ourselves into mm-hmm. we were able to gel the community together, the entire community uh, yeah. itself. So so we essentially stopped to exist and the brand became everybody in the ecosystem, which was kind of cool. I mean, that's really what we wanted from the beginning to have that happen. Yeah. And, uh, so, so, and, and, why that stagnation happened is because the volunteers were getting all bored. They weren't, yeah. they weren't connecting, they weren't motivated. So, so, I mean, two very, very interesting challenges for sure. And mm-hmm. so, um, look, uh, from a, uh, you know, you're, you're the, you're the they're all volunteer run. Yeah. Uh, and and you're trying to keep everybody focused in on one the the thing we buy into we all sign an agreement we all agree to a focus and so on so how can uh, how do you as the leader of this community uh, network keep people focused on what's important and also happy yeah.
0: Uh, keeping uh, like all of our volunteers or yeah. community. Yeah. Let's just, well, let's just say, let's
2: just say our, our community leaders in the, fr- uh, cause that's, that's really who you're connecting with mainly, right. Mm-hmm. On, a, on a national level, not yeah. the, not the on the ground volunteers. So yeah, let's talk about the community leaders themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, community leaders and they take different forms. They can be influencers. They can be people who are running organizations. Um, but, but ultimately what people want, uh, they want to, they want a platform where they can learn from their peers. Uh Um, They want to know that what they're doing is making a difference and matters. And then they want help when it seems like everything is falling apart. Mm. Um, so by providing a, a like a safe space for these community leaders to come together, to talk to one another. Um, so at startup Canada, for example, what we do is we do regional mastermind se- sessions once every two months. So all of the startup communities in the East will meet um, twice once every two months, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about what their successes are, what their biggest challenges are. Um, and, and from that, They can hear what other people are doing really successfully and use that as a template to bring into their own community. So they're not necessarily reinventing the wheel. And then when everything is falling apart, they have people there who can say, don't worry, I've been there. I know Mm. what it's like. Mm. This is how we come out of this. And how can I help you?
2: Has there been any thought? uh, As I know, there's been dialogue around this. How serious is it to have a quote unquote national convention?
0: I I feel like national conventions are so important. Mm-hmm. Um, Startup Canada brings a lot of their community leaders together for Startup Day on the Hill, and yeah. it's really important for these community leaders to come together to to make connections, to see where there's crossover, to learn from one another. But also, you know, you might be going to a, a community convention with you know, one of your quote unquote competitors and by having opportunities like fun opportunities, not just, you know, workshops or where you're talking to, you know, other people who want to learn more about communities, but where you're doing fun activities with these other leaders, you can actually build relationships with people you wouldn't have otherwise thought you Mm -hmm, would have that can then translate back home to a very a very strong working relationship a desire to collaborate more and and i think that that's the most important thing that comes out of these conventions
2: uh-huh. I know that uh, I've I've been to the Startup Day on the Hill a few times, and one of the guys that has become a, a great confidant and a great friend, uh, colleague is is Jason, uh, one of the leaders with Startup Ottawa, and it's I know it's been invaluable for me, and we're talking about ideas that we can you know do business together with, let alone yeah. the, you know build these communities. So, and that started at that uh, the Startup Canada Day on the on the Hill. So yeah, I love it.
0: It's surprising the opportunities that. Come. Um, from from these impromptu meetings, it's amazing.
2: If you had, and it seems to be a constant theme, I ask this question lately. But you had Justin Trudeau coming to see you in about the next ten minutes because he just loves what you're doing with startup communities across Canada, and oh my he wants gosh. to make. No, it's incredible, <laughs> incredible. He, he's 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 really excited about it, and he wants you to tell him what's the number one thing that you can you would recommend that. his... His government can do to to really catapult entrepreneurship to that next level what would you tell him
0: uh i don't know if he would like it but doesn't matter <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's really not there okay right
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um i think it's important historically government has has been very active with established organizations so established not-for-profits and um And I don't think that that's really beneficial to startup communities at a grassroots level. I mean, it's important, but it's, I think there needs to be more of a focus and more of a dialogue with the grassroots organizations and more help given them to them to do what they do. Um, Generally speaking, these, the, the very established organizations and this is a generality. It's not, not, not everyone is like this, but Mm -hmm. many of them are, a little out of date or a little out of touch with what entrepreneurs need. Um, they haven't necessarily adapted to to those needs, and so the grassroots organizations really have a pulse on what to do. They can adapt quickly to do it, and they can have a lot of impact and value um, that a lot of it is going unrecognized right now. So there needs to be more more help directed to those those community yeah. leaders as well. Are you listening,
2: Mr. Trudeau? Exactly. <laughs> Camille is speaking to you. I <laughs> love it. Good for you. And there's nothing wrong with a little tough talks to, uh, for things that are right and things that are well thought out. And, uh, Camille, look, it's just been a, a, a real honor and a privilege to hang out with you and, uh, look forward to, uh, to seeing you soon. But do you have any last words of wisdom remembering that this is an audience across the country? <laughs> yeah. Um, and- and you can pick the topic. You know what's uh, what would you what's the last piece of the comment you'd like to make for this podcast? Anyway,
0: I mean, get out there and get involved. If this is something you're passionate about, do it. Surround yourself with people who are get shit done people. Sorry, um, she said shit too, <laughs> Mr.
2: Prime Minister. She said the shit word that happened.
0: Um, and people who will see a problem problem and say like let's do something to fix this um people who will do it without praise and without thank yous um because running a startup community you're not always getting those things but it doesn't matter at the end of the day um that's not what drives you everything about running a startup community and building one is so worth it so just get out there and get involved
2: Wow, that's very cool. Well, look, um, this has been Camille McGinnis. She's the head of uh, marketing in Toronto for Square and the former Startup Canada or Calgary community leader. On, and she's uh, telling us on how teamwork works to build better communities, and she's really uh, leading now the whole movement of startup communities for Startup Canada. So, uh, Camille, thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you. It was just great.
2: Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content, well then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular online training events, startup chats, and startup school. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash events for more details. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. And also, I'm pleased to introduce my newest business venture, Coaching by Rockstars. That's www.coachingbyrockstars.com, where I am building an amazing team of business coaches to help entrepreneurs around the planet. If you've got an interest in that, come and check us out until next week i'm rivers corbett leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode i think it's your newer one on fundraising through uh, for non-profits through be generous love the name can you tell yeah. us what this platform's all about well
3: again i i got to a place a couple of years ago and again really appreciated startup canada know giving me the award um, you know, we'd hit 100 deals, we put 35 million at that time into the ecosystem, I was pretty excited about that. And just I think a personal journey of mine was to say, wouldn't it be amazing if I could do the same number on the not for profit side. Um. Um, and, and when I what I'm saying about not for profit, I, I, I want to be crystal clear that be generous is a for profit company. Yes. Um, we, uh, in fact, and probably one of the most Welcome to Alberta, right? Uh, by the way, I, I was born in Vancouver, but I don't think it matters. The redneck streak uh, always comes up. Um, I, I think, you know, sometimes we get um, not focused on sustainability and not-for-profit sector. And it's a, it's a passion of mine to, to bring business principles and yes. corporate governance into the not-for-profit sector
2: i hate that so, word nonprofit. profit first of all too. it just creates a sense of begging for yeah, some reason it, yeah
3: it does it's um it's a non it's non-commercial activity maybe i don't know what it is we don't mm. we're not going to come up with it today but no. so but there's what be generous was was an opportunity um a couple of founders came to me and said they thought they would taken it as far as they could it was a perfect opportunity for me um because of the number of people I meet in a week—it um, was just easy to plug, you know, customers into this platform while carry on the lifestyle I have of just meeting people. And so, the, the platform basically lets not-for-profits do the three things they do, which is they go door-to-door shilling products like chocolates or popcorn or cookies. Mm-hmm. They ask Uncle Tom just to buy a ticket to go to an event. And then third is Uncle Tom always says, "Oh, screw that! Just what's the size of the check?" So the platform basically does those three things: it allows people to sell products, sell tickets to their events, or take direct donations. So it's it's like a fundraisers, a fundraising coordinator. Uh, It's their best tool. It's an online tool, and then they get all the e-commerce tools right there, so they can take money on the spot, which is another big problem for volunteer not-for-profits. You know how many yeah you know how many hockey moms have a brown envelope with 20 dollar bills and then the (laughs) accounting doesn't end up matching it yet that's basically the problem be generous to solve it